Well, as uh, uh, Larry mentioned, uh, the, the title of my message today is Seven Aspects of a Man of God. And again, uh, if you wanted to be here till like three or four, I could have come up with like 70 aspects, but we kind of had to hone it down. We've got uh, uh, seven is a biblical number of completion. Uh, so uh, it, it was a fun doing this study. Uh, I could have uh, found a passage to preach from, but it was kind of fun to do a topical study. And uh, so again, I hope that you will appreciate this. Uh, I looked uh, online before uh, preparing for this message and I saw that according to the Census Bureau, there are 72 million fathers in the United States of America. Uh, and I think there's like 28 million grandfathers. Uh, so again, this is a special day. Uh, and I found a few quotes uh, that I wanted to share with you. Uh, the first one uh, is uh, Melanie White. I don't know who she is, maybe you do, but it, it was online. And her quote is, is it wasn't for Father's Day, my dad would only have two ties in his closet. <laughs> so, so Melanie, God bless her. We, we know that she does give gifts for Father's Day. Another one is uh, from Steve Martin. He said, a father carries pictures where his money used to be. <laughs> now, that may, be, that may be 20th century rather than 21st century. I think most of us uh, have an iPhone, and I guess you have pictures where your uh, app, Apple Pay used to be. I don't know. Maybe, maybe, maybe that's it today. Uh, this is a classic one. You've probably heard this. You've probably heard other preachers say this uh, 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 quotation from Mark Twain. Mark Twain said, when I was a boy of 14, my father was so ignorant I could hardly stand to have the old man around. But when I got to be 21, I was astonished at how much the old man had learned in seven years. <laughs> that, again, is a sign of, of maturity. Some preachers use Father's Day to uh, clobber men. Uh, uh, Mother's Day, we, we try to lift them up, but, but sometimes it's, it's tough on, uh, on what preachers do. But I'm hoping that today, with God's Word uh, and the instruction that we have today, this will be a time of encouragement for you. Uh, it's my prayer. I've been praying for you and, and praying for me regarding this service. And I hope that not only fathers, but I hope mothers and, and children and grandfathers will be encouraged today. Uh, the uh, points that we have or the aspects that I have on your handout, and again, I, I hope everyone does have a handout, uh, they're not exhaustive. I hope they won't be exhausting, uh, but uh, at the same time, uh, there's application to men and women, but since this is a special Father's Day, uh, I would like our application to be primarily uh, for fathers. First of all, uh, men like to work. And so let's cover some verses related to uh, good works by followers of Christ following salvation. This, again, was a fun study. Uh, I've told this to people before. Uh, with a topical message, we're doing water skiing. We're, we're kind of skimming the surface. Uh, hopefully with a handout, uh, and maybe you want maybe get together with some of the elders here, you could be in, uh, do an in-depth study of some of these verses and do scuba diving. But we're just going to be looking at some highlights uh, today regarding uh, the, the passage here. Um, you'll also see uh, that uh, some of the passage he passages here are, are just so rich. Uh, I, 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 I struggled. I, I caught, probably could have spent time... Uh, dealing with certain passages exclusively, 
but again, the Word of God is just so full and rich, and I hope that you will indeed uh, be blessed by this. First of all, with the subject of good works, since men like to work, good works are not involved in our salvation. I, I'm sure the elders in your doctrinal statement here have made that clear. The Bible maintains that salvation is a gracious gift uh, from God, and that's according to Ephesians 2, 8 and 9. It's based on a great work, though. It's based on, uh, based on Jesus' uh, death, burial, and resurrection. And if you want to look in more detail, uh, 1 Corinthians 15, verses 1 through 8. I guess it was back in the spring you had Dr. Larry Moyer here. And so uh, you probably remember the gospel. I won't, I won't call on you, uh, but do, do, do any of you remember the gospel in 10 words? Do you remember what Dr. Moyer said? Let's go over it one more time. I can't resist this. Uh, the gospel in 10 words is Christ died for our sins and rose from the dead, or grave. Okay, Christ died for our sins and rose from the dead, or grave. That's the gospel in 10 words, and that's found in 1 Corinthians um, uh, 15. So again, we see that works uh, there are based upon what Christ did for us, uh, not what uh, we can do for Him. So there's no human effort whatsoever in salvation. It's a gift. So when someone gives you a gift, you don't say, well, you know, what, what do I owe you? You receive it and you say thank you and we should, we should be very, uh, gracious, uh, very grateful for, for, for what Jesus has done. And by grace, uh, uh, wouldn't it be neat to, if, if we had a, a church that had grace in the name? Like, oh, oh, Grace Redeemer, that'd be a good name for a church. Grace is unmerited favor. And say so that that's what God has demonstrated to us. We are sinners. We we had we had shaken our fist at God. We had gone our own way, but God graciously, with His unmerited favor, allowed His Son to die on the cross for our behalf. So that's what salvation is all about. It's free, and we we must receive it. It's not automatic. Uh, we're not born Christians. Some people think we are, but the neat thing about God, He has children. He doesn't have any grandchildren. So again, we are all in His family by receiving Christ as our Savior. So good works, for by grace you've been saved through faith. It's not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not as a result of works, so that no one would boast. Wouldn't heaven be a sad experience if it was a boast-fed, uh, boast uh, I mean a boast, uh, uh, I guess, category or whatever? Uh, we'd all, we, we, we could be saying, well, listen, I went to about 100 churches while I was here on earth. So again, I love God more than you do. And, and since, since I did all this, He wanted to save me. Or you might, might say, well, listen, I had, I had eight children and I, I brought them up and they're all Christians. We're glad that there's no boast, fed, uh, boast fist when it comes to salvation. It's again by grace that God has given us. So the purpose of good works in the Christian life it's, it's for Christians that are, that are born again. It, 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 there's nothing we can do to win God's favor prior to receiving Christ. So why are believers left on earth uh, after we respond to the gospel and trust Christ? You know, God could take us immediately to, to heaven if He wanted to. But He's left us here to tell others the good news of Jesus' salvation, according to Acts 1.8 and to make disciples, according to uh, Matthew 28, 19, and 20. As we mature in the Christian life, we become more like the Lord. 
Now we've got a $5 term in uh, seminary called sanctification. And that's just a fancy term of becoming mature in the Christian faith, becoming more like Christ. And so that's the process we're talking about in relation uh, to good works. Ephesians 2.10, it follows Ephesians 2.8 and 9. Uh, and Paul writes, For we are His workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand so that we would walk in them. We obey God by performing good works that primarily help others. Now, God is all-powerful. He, he could have come up with any design He wanted, but for some strange reason, and I hope He's not offended by me he's saying that, He has chosen to use people as His ambassadors here on earth. And so in many ways, we are God's hand and feet glorifying God through good works that benefit other people. And that's a privilege we have. That's one of the reasons we're left behind here is to tell other people of the good news, the grace that we have. So uh, uh, Paul uses the word, his workmanship. I'm using the New American Standard Bible. There are some Bible translations that use the word, we are God's masterpieces. We are God's works of art. He's not finished with us. And again, the more we become like Christ, the more beautiful we, we can become. Uh, I'm not trying to say by our external uh, uh, properties, but again, we become more God-like, more Christ-like uh, when we obey the Word of God and seek to produce uh, good works. So we tell others of uh, Jesus' salvation. Uh, we, we also share with other people. That's one of the ways that we do good works. Also, as we look at uh, seven aspects for a man of God, and this may very well apply to women of God too, the first one is a man of God is competently equipped for good works. And the Apostle Paul writes in 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17, all scripture is inspired by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, for training in righteousness, so that the man of God may be adequate, equipped for every good work. Were any of you in the Navigators program? That's, that's one of the memory verses for the, the Navigators program. And it's, it's really a, a great verse to memorize if you haven't already done it. Now, the interesting thing about uh, this verse is we think, okay, it's talking about Scripture. It says all Scripture. Okay, the Mormons have scripture, the Hindus have scripture, a lot of cults have scripture. What is this talking about? This is talking about the Old Testament and the New Testament. Uh, this is what the Apostle Paul mean, means. And it's inspired, that's, that's a word that means God breathed. God breathed out. If you look at the Bible, it's 66 books. There's about 40 personalities that were used by God to write the Bible. And the Bible does not contradict each other. It, it, it flows together. There, there's harmony there. So we can see that God inspired these men. There's, there's not, no such thing as inspired writers, but the Holy Spirit came upon these men and used their individual personalities to write down His communication to you and me. And I don't know about you, but I'm thankful that we have copies of God's Word in English in our own language, and many countries don't, so we're greatly blessed by that. 
and God's word is profitable for teaching. Now, there's a, there's a word that we use as Christians that some people, uh, they think it's a bad word. I think it's a great word. Uh, the basic word here is doctrine. Doctrine helps us understand God's word and helps us understand what's true. So it's, it's, it's good for teaching, for reproof. Reproof is conviction. Uh, we may be doing something that we don't realize is sin, and we read in the Bible that we shouldn't be doing that. So the, the scriptures are used for reproof. Also, it's used for correction. If we're heading in one direction and God's word says we should be heading in another direction, it corrects us by, by informing us of the truth. And also for training in righteousness, for Christian maturity. We know the mind of God uh, through his word. And we have the complete revealed word of God. Some, some people uh, say that the, there's, there's new books or, 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 or they claim that we've discovered other gospels. We have the complete word of God that God wants us to have in, in the Old Testament and in the New Testament. And again, the man of God, even the woman of God, is adequate, competent, equipped for every good word based on the revelation of the word of God that we have. And that's, that's a really neat verse. I encourage you to memorize those two verses. Another thing, a man of God produces good works that glorify God. Jesus writes in Matthew 5.16, Let your light shine before men in such a way that they may see your good works and glorify your Father who is in heaven. Now you, you may uh, say, I learned something scientific in church today. I want to teach you something scientific. Do you realize you have something in common with the moon? The moon reflects the light of the S-U-N. We as followers of Christ are to re reflect the light of the S-O-N. We're reflectors of light. The light does not originate in and of us, in and of ourselves, but again, we're reflectors of God's light. And we see uh, that the light here is basically Christian living. Let your light shine as you're living out the Christian life. Let your light shine and others may see your good works. As you become more like Christ, you produce good works, you produce fruit in your life. And the neat thing about this is it's not for our glory, it's not to say, hey, look at me, how wonderful I am. It's for His glory. And that's what we do by letting our light shine before men. So God-honoring uh, parents, uh, again, want to show light to their children, and they model the Christian life and hopefully it'll be caught and the children will desire to become more like Christ. The third aspect of a godly man is a godly man understands the purpose for remaining here on earth. As I mentioned, Jesus, God, the Holy Spirit, they could take us up to heaven immediately, but we're left here for a purpose. And I'm seeing with young people, I know we're living in a land of confusion, but so many people do not have purpose in life. As Christians, we have purpose. We have a reason for here, for being here. We're not an accident. God has a plan for you. In fact, we look in the Psalms that God had a plan for you before you were even thought about. So there's a purpose. And one of the primary purposes is to share the good news of Jesus with other people and also to produce good works. And it's, it's, it, again, as I mentioned, we are His workmanship. We are God's masterpieces. We are God's works of art.
and we can demonstrate to other people God's goodness and make them curious. Uh, I, I'm really uh, amazed today, so many unbelievers are looking for answers. As our economy uh, gets worse, as crime gets worse, as blatant sin gets worse, they're looking for answers and we have golden opportunities to share the gospel uh, by presenting what we know from the Bible and other people. So we do have a purpose for living. I like the, the, the term here, walk. And we use this, we have Christianese, uh, we, we use the term walk, but walk is basically just living out the Christian life. We have a Christian walk. And so we want to walk uh, in the truth of God and present the, the truth that God has revealed to us and share that with other people. We don't put our light uh, under a bushel, as Jesus mentioned. We let our light shine with other people. Also, uh, a man of God lives out the Christian life. Now, this is one of the, the longest verses, uh, verses I have today. In fact, I almost uh, consider just preaching from this text, but this is such a good text. Uh, I want to encourage especially parents that uh, this verse here is a prayer, or these verses here are a prayer. This is a great prayer for you to pray for yourself, for you to pray for other people. If your parents, pray this prayer for your children. If you're a grandparents, pray this prayer uh, for your grandchildren. Look at the, uh, the writing of Apostle Paul in Colossians 1, 9 through 12. He states, For this reason also, since the day we heard of it, we have not ceased to pray for you and to ask that you may be filled with the knowledge of His will, and in all spiritual wisdom and understanding, so that you may walk or live out in a worthy manner of the Lord, to please Him in all respects, bearing fruit in every good work, and increasing in the knowledge of God, strengthened with all power according to His glorious might, for the attaining of all steadfastness and patience, joyously giving thanks to the Father, who has qualified us to share in the inheritance of the saints in light. Isn't that an incredible prayer? I mean, this, this, this can only come from the mind of God. And again, it, it's showing us so much about living out the Christian life. God provides us the power and the ability to live the Christian life. I don't have uh, time to cover this, but the, the scriptures indicate that we're indwelt by the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit gives us the power and the ability to live out the Christian life. And that is so neat. Other, other religions don't have that. We've got a, we've got a lot of advantages. Uh, our, 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 our gospel is true. Our, our scriptures are true. And we're going to someday see the true God uh, that gave these scriptures. You may, may have seen a, a bumper sticker. You don't see bumper stickers like you used to. I guess people don't want to mess their cars up. But there's an old bumper sticker. You may even see it online. Please be patient with me. Why? God is not finished with me yet. We're all a work in process, and God is working on us to make us complete. I don't have uh, time to cover spiritual gifts. Maybe the elders have. But in so many ways, uh, our spiritual gifts allow us to produce good works. Every Christian has at least one spiritual gift. 
and you may see things that other people that don't have your gift that see. But if you see a, a particular need and God has given you the ability to meet that need, meet that need. That's, that's God's will for you, again, to, to produce a good work. If you see something or someone that you can help. And again, uh, we are privileged people uh, by having the Holy Spirit uh, living in our lives. Another aspect uh, of a, a, a man of God is being a vessel of honor, being a vessel of honor. The Apostle Paul uh, writes, uh, now in a large house, they're not only gold and silver vessels, but also vessels of wood and of earthenware, that some honor and some to dishonor. Therefore, if anyone cleanses himself from these things, he will be a vessel of honor, sanctified, useful to the master, prepared for every good work. Now flee useful lust and pursue righteousness, faith, love, and peace with those who call on the Lord for a pure heart. I believe I, I maybe, maybe missed one. I missed the, the storing in, uh, treasure in heaven. Let, let me go back with that. A man of God stores up treasure in heaven. Paul writes in 1 Timothy 6, 17-19, Instruct those who are rich in this present world not to be conceited or to fix their hope on the uncertainty of riches, but on God who richly supplies us with all things to enjoy. Instruct them to do good, to be rich in good works, to be generous and ready to share, storing up for themselves the treasure of a good foundation for the future so that they may take hold of that which is life indeed. The church in the first century and the church in the 21st century consists of poor people and rich people primarily in the first century, but now we have a middle class. I think most of us are in the middle class, but there are wealthy people. There's wealthy people probably in this church and in other churches. Some people think that God condemns people because they're wealth. That's not true. God has given wealth for a purpose. He has blessed Christians to use wealth to help other people. So again, he's not condemning uh, wealth. In fact, we all realize this, that everything belongs to God. We are managers, we're stewards here that God has entrusted with certain resources. And we can, we can perform good works if we use these, use these resources to glorify God. So the Bible tells us, first of all, in fact, I thought about using a slide and some people are offended by it, so I, I, I didn't. You, you've never seen a hearse with a U-Haul behind it, have you? I haven't. You can't take it with you. So again, if we use our resources here on earth for God's glory, we're going to build up treasure in heaven. And Jesus mentions about storing up treasure in heaven. It's good to have a good 401k. It's good to have a good IRA. But again, it's better to have treasure in heaven. And that's what a man of God does. Now that I, I skip forward again, let's look at the vessels of honor. A man of God serves as a vessel of honor. The Apostle Paul writes in 2 Timothy 2, 20-22, Now in a large house, there are not only gold and silver vessels, but also vessels of wood and of earthenware, and some to honor and some to dishonor. Therefore, if anyone cleanses himself of these things, he will be a vessel of honor, sanctified, useful to the Master, prepared for every good work. Now flee from youthful lust and pursue righteousness, faith, love, and peace, 
with those who call on the Lord from a pure heart. It was interesting to read what some of the commentators say about this verse. Uh, some people believe it's talking about unbelievers in the church. That may be possible. In every church, there's, there's probably people that do not know Christ. It does appear in this context that this is talking about faithful Christians as, a, as opposed or in contrast to unfaithful Christians. I think that probably makes more sense. So again, we're seeing that there's certain things, there's certain items that we should pursue in the Christian life. And if we're unfaithful, for example, if we're unfaithful with the resources that God has given us, He's not going to bless our lives. But we, again, should know the will of God by knowing the Word of God and desire to be faithful vessels. That's a term that the New American Standard uses. Some Bible verses use instruments. We're all instruments of God to be used for His service. And we should seek His will through His Word and perform good works. I believe that's what it's talking about. And then finally, the seventh aspect of a man of God is a man of God has confidence of God working in his life or also, if we're talking about all of our lives, God indeed is working in our lives. Look at uh, what the Apostle Paul said in, in Philippians 1.6. He says, I am confident of this very thing, that he who began a good work in you will perfect it until the day of Christ Jesus. Now, that gives us hope, doesn't it? Again, we're all in process. God is helping us, and God, again, has a plan for us, and it involves us becoming more like Christ. We have a reason for being here on earth. Uh, many of you have, have probably have a, a, a Rari study Bible. Uh, Carl, I think, had the privilege of, of being under Dr. Uh, Rari and listening to him. He went to be with the Lord several years ago. But he affirms that God will continue his work in our lives until Jesus comes back. Now, I'm not going to get off on prophecy or eschatology, but I, I still think for some reason we're the generation that's going to see Jesus come back. I don't know. Maybe, maybe, maybe I'm wrong. As you look at the news, you think it's going to happen today. Uh, but again, we realize that uh, God is, is going to perfect something and again, probably a better word here is, is God is going to bring to completion. God that began a work in us at salvation is going to complete it. Our purpose here is to become more like Christ as we're sanctified. Also, Pastor Chuck Swindoll, I hear he's got a little church north of here. You know, uh, He's got another quote from his Bible uh, that I like. He says, God wants us to reflect his character. He provides the Holy Spirit to co-labor with us in his growth. So while here on earth, uh, our, as followers of Christ, our time, our talents, and our treasure should be not for us, but for the sake of Christ as we produce good works in our lives. There's one passage uh, that's not in your handout that I'd like to conclude with. And if you do have your Bibles, if you'd like to turn with me to Matthew 25, Matthew 25. Let's look at the words of Jesus in Matthew 25, picking it up with verse 31. Matthew 25, picking up with verse 21. But when the Son of Man, that was uh, Jesus' favorite, favorite term for himself, but when the Son of Man comes in his glory 
and all the angels with him. Then he will sit on his glorious throne. All the nations will be gathered before him, and he will separate them from one another. The shepherd separates the sheep from the goats, and he will put the sheep on his right and the goats on his left. Then the king will say to those on his right, Come, you who are blessed of my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. Verse 35. For I was hungry, and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty, and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger, and you invited me in. Naked, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you visited me. I was in prison, and you came to me. Then the righteous will answer him, saying, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you? and thirsty, and give you something to drink? And when did we see you a stranger, and invite you in, or naked, and clothe you? When did we see you sick, or in prison, and come to you? And know what Jesus says in verse 40. The king will answer and say to them, Truly I say to you, to the extent that you did it to one of these brothers of mine, even the least of them, you did it to me. Men of God, women of God, children of God, let's all seek to glorify God by producing good works while we're here. And someday when we stand before Jesus, it's my prayer for me and also for you that Jesus is going to say, well done thou good and faithful servant. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you for your word. We thank you for your love. We thank you for being our father. We thank you for allowing us to be a part of your family. We thank you for giving us your Holy Spirit to help us live the Christian life. Help us to glorify you through the good works that you have provided beforehand for us to do. Help us to live life pleasing to you and allow us to show other people that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father but through him. And we do ask that again, as a result of our time here on earth, that the population of heaven will be increased. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.